There's been a senseless and tragic loss, not only to the hip hop community, but the tech entrepreneurship and investor community as well. Nipsey Hussle, whose legacy extends far beyond the hip hop album Victory Lab. In the world of tech investment and entrepreneurship, he's amassed quite a portfolio. Hustle's mixtapes include 2013's Crenshaw, which he sold at $100 a record, netting him $100,000. He also went on to launch his record label All In Records, which he partnered up with Atlantic Records, allowing him to own the rights to his music. Additionally, he owns the clothing brand, The Marathon Company, and is an early investor in a blockchain-based startup. And not to mention, he partnered with the brand Vector90 to launch a co-working and incubator space for entrepreneurs. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, coming to Vector90. Um, so tonight, everybody knows this is the burnout. So we're going to work until 7 a.m. We're going uh, to turn up. We're going to get to know each other here. Come up, introduce yourself, your business, the type of services that you offer, because that is what uh, this event is about, us networking, getting to know each other and using our resources. All right, you guys good? All right, so 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. Sleep today, then we play all through the late night. Sleep today, then we play all through the late night. All through the late night. See who play, don't you hate all through the late night. So many positive things he brought to the community. But let's really get into the details and break this all down because I don't think you guys really understand the magnitude of what this means. So let's jump into that album, Crenshaw. Going back to 2013, riding down Crenshaw Boulevard, you come across a young Nipsey Hussle selling his album, not for $15, not for $20, $100. Some people would think that that's insane, but not Nipsey. He sold over a thousand units and grossed a hundred thousand dollars from that album. But that didn't stop there. Not only did he price that album at a hundred dollars, but the next album he priced at a thousand dollars. And did he get sales? In fact, he did over sixty thousand dollars worth. Doing so showed how much power and influence he had within his brand and how dedicated his fan base was. And it also showed his commitment to the value of his product. So let's jump into the cryptocurrency space. Unless you've been living under a rock, you're probably familiar with Bitcoin. Well, so was Nipsey Hussle. He didn't stop at investing in Bitcoin. 
he went and invested into a brand new cryptocurrency called FollowCoin. And even though the market has been extremely volatile, Nipsey put his faith in the fact that cryptocurrency was a new revolutionary technology that would grow and make him profit allowing him to further prove that he was, in fact, the risk taker that we knew him to be. And it didn't stop there. With the store marathon, the store that his life was tragically taken, he used augmented reality for customers to interact and engage with the products. Not only were customers able to look at the merchandise for color and fit, but they were also able to interact with the tags and even the wall of the storefront. This gave customers a premium experience that they couldn't find available at any other store. And it also gave Nipsey a direct connection to his hardcore fan base, allowing them to specifically interact with his content. He created the type of relationship with fans who visited the store and specifically interact with his content, which created an experience and a relationship to keep those fans dedicated, but to generate more revenue and sales. And lastly, what we want to bring to your attention amongst his many, many endeavors that we haven't even hit the surface of is his partnership with Vector90 a co-working space, a cultural hub, and an incubator for underrepresented entrepreneurs. A space located in the heart of South Central Los Angeles, where most people won't even step foot. A facility that canvases 4,700 square feet of hyper-modern industrial-style spaces with desks, a kitchen, private conference rooms, for entrepreneurs who wouldn't necessarily get access to these types of amenities, Nipsey Hussle recently sat down with Forbes contributor Julian Mitchell to talk about how he got involved in this ecosystem and came up with a plan to buy the block back. In his interview with Mitchell, I want to bring to your attention some highlights that showcase his entrepreneurial spirit in his own words. At the core, one of my original goals is to redefine what the streets expect and amplify the pressure we put on these young people once they step into decision-making mode. There was a level of ignorance and self-destructiveness in the narrative that we pushed on us through music in our generation. I wanted to redefine the lifestyle of what we view as important. When you hear buy the block back as a narrative, that's powerful. That's a step toward redefining the expectation. It isn't cool to be in the club spending all this money or having cars and jewelry. It isn't cool to be in the club spending all of this money or having cars and jewelry. But you don't own any real estate. You don't own a fourplex. If the answer is no, you're not a real hustler. When we can move people's minds into that space, then we can be effective. You don't care about your kids. It doesn't matter how much money you have if you don't care about your kids. You're doing what drug? No, that's not cool over here. All we demanded in our generation was that you be violent. If you're violent, you're respected. You can be everything else in the book, but if you're a shooter or a fighter, you're respected. In this era, we have to demand more. He went on to talk about how tech founders are making money. I'll give you an example. 
I was at a Laker game and I was sitting next to the owner of Tinder. As we were talking, I asked him, what's his business model? He said, it's simple, distribution, just like every other industry. I told him I didn't fully understand what he meant by that. So he explained. He told me that to make Tinder valuable, he had to get influential people to use Tinder. Once influential people started using Tinder, the app became valuable. Then he went into more detail. He said every user is worth $21 to him as the owner of the company, meaning when he went to get a valuation from venture capitalists and other investors, they take the total number of the people who use Tinder and multiply that total by 21 to measure its worth. So when you say you own your influence, you have to be clear about what that really means. When you say follow me on Twitter and you get 10 million people to follow you, you just leverage your influence to add value to an app that you have no ownership in. Each of these users is worth around $21. When the owners of Twitter go to get their valuation in order to sell 50% of the company at $21 per user, yet you're the person who added 10 million people to the platform, the owners are the only ones getting a huge payday. We have to be more aware of what's happening. We should be included in whatever we see fit. We don't want advances. We want equity. We don't want one-off endorsements. We want ownership. We want back-end participation with the acquisition. If not, it's disrespectful because the whole model is leveraged off of our influence. It's like that for all tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so forth. We celebrate having millions of followers, but they have the concrete numbers that matter, and ultimately, they've got the revenue. Corporations are so aware of our influence and the value of cultural currency that they've created entire business models built around it. They develop the platform, implement a structure, then bring us in to raise the value, and then they hide that from us. Nobody really knows how they monetize it until you're accidentally sitting next to an app owner and he gives you the game for free. That's why I created Proud to Pay. You're either leveraging or being leveraged. That's why I think direct-to-consumer is important because we're being leveraged. If I can say that my album isn't exclusive on any of the streaming services, my songs are going to be exclusive at the Marathon Store. That's powerful. You can go to the Marathon Store for the first week and hear the song or view the video in-store. Then after a week, it can go live on all other platforms. That exclusivity period belongs to a platform we own and control. All of our influence has been leveraged, but we can't get mad at anyone until we figure out ways to protect it. It's about establishing an ecosystem. One of the best examples of this is Apple. It's about establishing an ecosystem. One of the best examples of this is Apple. I speak about it on the intro to Victory Lap. We're creating an ecosystem from production to consumption. Not only do we own the supply chain, but we can curate the experience from the ownership of the actual master to the retail experience and marketing the product to consuming it. That's the same model as Apple if you think about it. Suffice it to say, Nipsey Hussle is bigger than rap. He is a loss to the world at large. To better understand Hustle, his life, legacy, and humble beginnings, I want to bring on a very special guest and dear friend, a relationship that's 15 years in the making, 
Chuck Dizzle, yeah. a founder of Homegrown Radio and DJ on LA's Real 92.3. And honestly, the reason I even know about Nipsey Hussle is because of you. So tell me, first of all, before we jump into everything that happened, tell me about your background and how you guys established your relationship. Well, I mean, I've, I've done uh, this thing called Homegrown Radio um, for years, man. I started off at college radio Homegrown Radio has been a show that I started at Long Beach State and is really based off of su- uh, supporting upcoming artists. Um, my background, you already know, we started working at the radio station together at 100.3 The Beat. Yeah. Were you an intern too? Yeah. So we were interns at the same, at the time. same time. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. That's, that's where it started. But me, I really was like green to the whole radio world i thought like when you work for a radio station you can get in and uh you can play whatever songs you want to play i was met with no that's not how it goes nice so rejection exactly so that's what homegrown radio was about it's more or less of like oh well i like a song i can play a song i like an artist i can support an artist and it just it helped that the name was called homegrown because we had a lot of local support and a lot of local talent um but yeah it started off from there we moved from there to my apartment, which was in Inglewood, and a lot of names from like Kendrick Lamar, um, YG, Ty Dolla Sign. I mean, you name it. I mean, came through the doors, or at least we supported them. Uh, their music at the time, when when terrestrial radio wasn't really at the time really on board with supporting LA music, um, and it, it just became a, a known thing in the community, in the hood, and in in music, and in LA that yeah, okay, you can't get your music played. I mean, no shots at this time. It is what it is. You can't get your music played on Power 106, but you can get your shit played at Homegrown on a right. Thursday night at, at at Chuck's Crib and DJ Heads playing the music. So we just kind of built this network of just cats that were really, for the lack of better words, homegrown. Uh, fast forward years later, um, Real 92.3, you know, they they pretty much got in the market as far as an urban radio station. They, there hadn't been one since the beat closed. Right. They got in. Uh, they brought my partner DJ Head in. He alley-ooped me in there because we had years of experience, and they brought Homegrown on. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, wow. You look back and see all the work that you've put in, but at the same time, it's it makes sense because of the resume and the work that you actually laid down a foundation to actually get inside the building. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, we're doing that now. Saturday nights, uh, 7 to midnight on Real 92.3. Me and my partner DJ Head, we do Homegrown Radio there. So, it's been a beautiful journey, man. We celebrated 10 years of Homegrown Radio, um, just the company itself, and just look forward to keep on pushing, man. Congratulations Thank to you. that. Thank you. But how did you and Nipsey Hussle Nipsey, so, connect? Yeah. yeah. Nipsey, in the process of that, it was somebody that I saw just growing his brand as well. So, I mean, I, I got hip to him when he had a mixtape called Bullets Ain't Got No Names, Bullets Ain't Got No Names Value 2, mm-hmm. right? And... I I just love the fucking music. Like before anything, I wanted to interview him, so I reached out to a couple of people or whatever, and got a chance to do this interview that's actually online right now, um, uh, where it was him, J Rock, and Glasses Malone, and th- that's where the relationship started. So he he knew what I was doing as far as trying to get into radio, and I knew what he was doing as far as the music, and I was just like, look, man, whatever you need over the years, I got you, and we just made we 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 stayed in contact whenever he progressed. Um, and whenever I progress as well. So I would see him at the stations from time to time, do different interviews. And, you know, uh, even up until his, his album, his Grammy-nominated album, Victory Lap, came out, um, which is amazing. Just us supporting and seeing his work throughout the whole years and, and him being signed to labels, getting dropped, and 
The album's supposed to come out. People were waiting for the album to come out. To, for it to finally come out and be received the way it got received was just kind of like one of those things where it was like dope to witness the journey and really see his brand, the marathon, really like just evolve over the years. So it's just been one of those things, man. He's been he's been a day one. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, we, we we lost him earlier today. It's just it's for lack of better words, just fucked up, man, because of how it went down and who he is and what he represented. And it's just it just sucks that, you know, senselessly it was taken, you know. Right. And it's interesting because you're seeing all these headlines in media that's like rapper, rapper, rapper. But we in the tech community know him as an investor. Oh, we know him as a real estate investor. He opened Vector 90. Yeah. And all of these things. And so I think what's interesting about that is, you know, having all of those investments and like making this money, a lot of people are like, hey, he should move out of the hood. Like he shouldn't be there, you know? So what's your perspective on that? I just don't understand that. Like, I mean, I get it, but okay, he leaves. Then what? What was, what about this community that he spent his whole life in? And that's just like saying, oh, you know what? You got some money. Go get a new family. Okay, like that doesn't make sense to me. I get where the notion comes from as far as a safety thing, but he was cleaning up the community. How else can you clean up the community but be in the community? You know, he bought the block that he was selling his mixtape right. on, and now he has re- re- renovated the the marathon store, bought the the think the fat burger. I mean, there's just so many other things that he was doing. And like you talked about the Vector ninety, like there's a lot of things that he was doing to clean up the community. So for the notion of leaving, I just don't I don't get that. I don't want, I don't subscribe to it. And again, maybe you know this is still fresh, so. Who knows? I, I might have different thoughts in a few weeks from now, a couple months from now. But it's like I don't, I don't agree with that leaving the hood mentality. Because then, what are you gonna? Somebody else is gonna buy it and do something else with it. We see what's happening, Lamar Park. We see what's happening in different cities across the the U.S. Gentrification is real. They're 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 buying buying these communities that black and brown people are in, raising the the prices, getting us the fuck out, and then making something great and leaving us all out. Like, I just, I don't get why somebody would leave and not want to come back and invest back into the community. So I was proud for one to see every time that I went to events that he had had, I didn't see no issues. The The one time that I did see an issue, he was the one that was stopping all the bullshit. So it was like, I, I just don't, I don't get it, man. And that it, it kind of hits a, a, a nerve for me because it's like for him, I know what he represented. He represented, um, the community and he represented change. He represented growth. And he knew that if somebody seen him and the way he reaches them is hip hop, but they're looking at him, all his other moves subconsciously, that's going to make them want to do the same shit. I can't tell you how influenced I was on Pac when I grew up. I want to do a lot of the same shit Listen, Pac did. Right. I knew. I, now, I wanted to work for Amaru. Like I wouldn't interview. <laughs> like it was that serious. It was like, you see, you see how, these these figures in hip hop are just people that you look up to. We see the influence that they have. And I think that he suddenly knew like, okay, these things that I'm interested in, he made it cool to be smart. He, I can't tell you how many people over the last three or four years want to be entrepreneurs now based off of Nipsey Hussle. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. was their introduction to it. So yeah. if that's going to be the influence and that's going to be the tide to, to turn inside our own communities, then I don't mind him being there. Yeah. I don't mind him having, you know, his 10 toes to the soil, being inside the community, doing these events and making sure that the people are seeing him 
and not just talking to talk, but really walking the walk and having that that, that face to face contact, you know? Yeah. But I also think it puts a lot of pressure on the black man who is successful coming out of that environment. Because I remember reading and like reporting a couple of years ago on Kendrick Lamar when he was dealing with a lot of mental health issues Mm -hmm. because he had like feeling like I've grown and left the community. You know what I mean? So like how do how do you as a black man even deal with those type of situations? It's, It's one of those things. It's an ongoing issue. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't fucking know. I, for one, I've hit a certain level of success. Um, but I mean, I'm not financially well off. So I haven't, I haven't had to deal with that just yet. You know what I'm saying? But I can only imagine like it's, it has to feel like a complete utter isolation. Like on one hand, you got the community and people that you fuck with. I'm sorry if I'm cussing a little too much. No, yeah, um, you, you got the community and people that you rock with and the target just seems to be bigger on your back because you can stay there and be a target or you can leave and be completely in a different world where people don't know you or rock with you either way. And you still have a target on your back. So it's like you damned if you do and damned if you don't. So I, I honestly, I don't have the, the answer for that, but it is what I think it's something that needs to be talked about a little bit more. And I think from the conversations, we can come out with more solutions, but I think a lot of times just we as black men don't get a chance to, really express our emotions as far as like, yo, this is what's going on. This is how I feel. We bottle it up because it's like the, we got the world on our back. We don't know who's for us, who's against us. I don't know if I share this information on you, if you're going to use that against me and take me, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of like, it's a war going on yeah. to be honest. And you know, we're the endangered species. Like, and that's how I honestly feel. Wow. So, and it's, it's, it's messed up to say, but that's just like the mentality of, the, the the black male in this society is like you can do as much as you want, but then oh, there's a cap right here. And then you can go past that. Oh, but don't go past that because this person might not like it and you might piss off the government or just, there's so many things that you that go into it where, you know, you just never know. It's always like looking to see, you know, who or what is against you, you know? I think that's such an interesting perspective because on one hand, like you said, you have like the police who have their whole, you know, perspective of how they deal with the black community, right. the black man specifically. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the community dealing with a successful black man in a certain way too. Right. So like, how do you even solve for that? And is that like a mental health thing? You right? go day by day. That's, that's the only thing that I can say. You go day by day. I mean, I, I'm an advocate for people to seek out therapy. If you need do what you got to do, talk to somebody. I know how I feel. Like, for example, let me just, this, this actually is right on topic. Right. Um, so this 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 is a tragic tragic situation. Ah, I can't even talk tragic situation as is, right? Nipsey Hussle passes away. I have a close relationship with him. Um and I'm, again, I'm not sitting here and making making it seem like we're best friends or anything like that. I've seen him in passing, I've seen him a lot of times when we did interviews. So it's like we had that connection on that front. He knew I supported his music and, and he supported he, you. And he supported what, what the, the the movement that we had as right. far as homegrown. So it was all love. But when when the news broke. I was just in just shock because for one, we heard the news that he had gotten shot and, and we in, in, in social media, you never know what to believe anyway. So I saw a video first and I'm like, nah, that's not, that's not like, can't be. Then, okay. Then, then pictures came out where it confirmed that he was wearing the same thing. All right. Found out 
If you shot six times, like, God damn, okay. Automatically, you know the results to that, but you don't want to speak that into existence. So it's a, a matter of just, my whole point in that is like, I was just calm and didn't say shit. Just letting the news come as it as it went in. Long ass story short, we found out he did pass away. I immediately have to come up to the radio station because I did some breaks the night before and I have to address this now. So I come to the station and there's somebody else on air and they're talking about it. They're going heavy playing his music. I'm not knowing that they're going to put me on air, but they're like, hey, want to talk? Okay, I don't mind. I'm thinking I'll be good. I'm straight. And I literally just break down on air, not even expecting it. This is not this is not my brother. This is not a family member, but it's somebody that we had. It was just I was connected to in a way, and it just displayed when I was on air. My point in saying that is after doing that, I jumped on Instagram Live. I was like, you know, this is just crazy. Let me just, I don't know what I'm going to do, but clearly I need to get get my shit together. So I just started doing what I would normally do, just play songs, the shit that I liked. And the people in there, and my Instagram feed jumped up higher than it's been in a while for people that was doing the same thing, just trying to get answers, just yeah. trying to vent, just trying to whatever. And I just used the tool of Instagram just to vent. Yeah. You know, some things I said, some things I, some, I just, you guys walked into the room halfway in the middle of it. Like I just, I went on a little rant, start playing some songs. And, but it allowed me, and I don't think, had I not done that, I don't think I'll be able to have this conversation right now. Mm. So my point is I'm an advocate to talk to somebody. Yeah. If it's a, ther- therap- a therapist that can help you out and kind of sort out your, your problems, by all means. If you got to talk to a family member, just to at least get it out, there's something that's to that. And I do want to make sure that that message comes across very, very clear. If you got something that's bottled up, make sure you talk to somebody about that shit because I think they'll at least be able to have an answer. A professional would have an answer for you. But at least just getting it out there. And maybe who who knows if I'm say let's say if I'm talking to you, Sequoia, and I'm like, damn, man, this shit's really stressing me out. Mm-hmm. And you see like, hey, you know, this is kind of clearly bothering you. You might allow you me to somebody that can really help me out. Right. Listen, sidebar. But like I'm dating somebody mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of things going on right now. Got you. And like not to be disrespectful, because obviously you have to be sensitive mm-hmm. about those conversations, but we were sitting at Nas's restaurant earlier mm-hmm. today and he's like, listen, like I've been drinking like twice a day. Like I've wow. been, and he's just like going through all these things. And like, I don't want to be like, yo, you need to go to therapy because right. that can come off real, you of know? Of course, of course. So what I did was before I even came to the station, like I went and researched therapists for him and sent him a link. Like, hey, you don't have to like respond to this. You don't have to even you know, execute on it. Like, don't feel pressure for me, but just in case this helps. And I think that right there is all as a, as a, I'm speaking from the perspective of a black man. Mm -hmm. That's all we need. Sometimes that's all we need just to, Hey, you know what? Check this out because then it doesn't come off as, Oh, you need to do this. Right. You telling me that it's just like that. We already at odds. You know what I'm saying? Once again with that. So it's like, that helps out, you know, just that little notion of just, hey, I'm thinking about you. Something's not right. If you need to talk to somebody, check this out. And it's up to them if they want to do it or not. And, you know, by all means, hopefully they 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 seek the help that they can get. But sometimes it's just 
okay. And I know just from personal experience, I haven't, I haven't done therapy. I actually want to do therapy. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done it, but I know how I feel. I feel like radio is my therapy. Mm. The podcast is my therapy. Mm -hmm. So I get a chance to talk twice a week on some unfiltered shit. And then obviously I'm on the, the airways where it's a little more chopped and it's, you know, to the point with the songs and stuff like that. But I get a chance to do a podcast twice a week where I get a chance to just say what the fuck I out. feel like saying, yeah. talk about the things that I'm going through this week as a married man, as a, you know, somebody that's in the industry, somebody that's a, a tastemaker and understanding his influence and all these things that come with the position of being a radio personality and somebody in a society it's like you gotta talk about that. And it feels good. And like I notice I notice how I feel after the days that I do the podcast. And I'm like, hmm. That's because I, I'm I'm getting whatever this is You're that's built. It. I'm releasing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's very important. Uh again, I don't have the answers to it. Everybody's situation is different. But I do think that talking will allow some kind of resolution where it's you say some shit like, damn, I never thought about that. Or okay, somebody can bounce back an idea to, to, to make you think about some different shit yourself, you know? Right, it sparked a conversation. Spark a conversation, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I super appreciate this conversation. Of course, Thank of you course. so much. And as an entrepreneur, obviously, how can we support you? Um, you can find me at Chuck Dizzle, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're on the Snapchat, I guess you can get me on there as well. Uh, Homegrown Radio, at Homegrown Radio everywhere, homegrownradio.net. I'm very accessible. You can find my email if you ever want to reach out, if you want to do business. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is Homegrown Radio, Saturday nights on Real 92.3, um, 7 to midnight. And of course, the latest fuck with Chuck. Overnights, Real 92.3, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Beautiful. And definitely Nipsey Hustle is gone, but not forgotten. At all, man. We're going we gonna to keep his legacy alive, man. Again, it pains me to say it. Uh, it still feels weird to even to even have those words come out of my mouth but rest in peace Nipsey Hussle um, you know our thoughts and prayers are with the family first and foremost and everybody else that's affected by this loss and man dude brothers whoever's out there doing this bullshit it, what, what's the there's no reason behind it man whatever differences motherfuckers have out there put that shit to the side it's really not it's Real not tough. that serious Real tough. so yeah. yeah, and and definitely continue to support his endeavors. Like, Absolutely. Don't forget that he's done a lot for the community and it Absolutely. still stands. Absolutely. Yeah. It is my hope that through this episode of Commas, you will now see Nipsey Hussle through a different lens. Not as a rapper, not as a gang member, nor through his tragic passing from gun violence. It is my hope that you now see him as I do. As an entrepreneur, as an investor, as an asset to his community. For more information on commas, log on to commastheseries.com or hit us up on our Instagram at commastheseries. Until next week, it's your girl Sequoia, and I'm out.